Good morning, class. Welcome to Art Eater Podcast number 20. Wow, we're really uh, getting up there in numbers. Um, so today, uh, we're very excited to talk about Guilty Gear once again. Okay, so uh, we, we wrapped up our, our epic, uh, what was it, like a six-part uh, podcast on Guilty Gear a while back? Um, yeah, it, 13 hours. Oh my goodness. Yeah, if you love Guilty Gear, go ahead, check the archives, uh, look up um, that podcast. Today won't be quite as insane, <laughs> or, or rather not, not as uh, um, expansive. Uh, today we're going to hone in on the latest character reveal. Uh, so they recently unveiled uh, Leo and also Nagori Yuki, which, oh my god, like so excited about this character. Um, so we're we're going to talk about both of them, but I think uh, uh, let's let's start off with Nagori Yuki first, just because there there's so much to say about this character, this this totally new character to the Guilty Gear universe. Um, so uh, just to give some context, uh, uh, Nagori Yuki was actually unveiled um, during the very first trailer uh, announcement trailer for the game. Uh, you know that one kicked off with uh, Soul. And uh, Kai duking it out, showing off their new outfits. And then at the very end, he got teased. So um, he just kind of came out of nowhere. Just this this dude, uh, you know, he's like a black samurai. He's got a cool uh, mask. And um, they, they just showed him really briefly. But he looked really cool. Very compelling character. And finally, finally, we actually get to see what this character is about. So, um, yeah, Sean. Uh, James, some, any any first thoughts on on the character? I mean, you want to <laughs> you want to talk about visually flooring someone? Uh, when 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 Nagoriyuki was first revealed, you know, you got like a mask and like a very quick reveal of his face, and it was like, oh mm. wow, like this guy looks really cool, and then it was like that was it. And there was like a long period of time where there was no information on this character. We didn't even have a name. It was just, yeah. who's that guy? Um, and, you know, it provided a lot of mystery. And there were a lot of other things in place to, like, kind of keep our minds, keep keep our attention. So, you know, you had the beta going on. You got all this other stuff going on. So, like, eventually people kind of was like, all right, let's focus on what we do have. But to finally see this character was such a treat. And, I mean, honestly... <laughs> The spirit of this character, I feel like, has been in so many kids' sketchbooks, notebooks, like, for the past 10 to 15 years. Yeah. And it's, like, to <laughs> see something like this come out and be official and not OC Do Not Steal is kind of incredible. <laughs> um, I literally watched that trailer at least 15 times uh, within, like, the first sitting when I saw it, like I, I watched it over and over and over again because yeah. it was just such a treat where you're just like, you, first of all, you know, you're finally showing the character, but secondly, they're just, they're a different type of cool, but they're also a paralleled type of cool. And I'm pretty sure Richmond uh, can understand where I'm coming from with that. And I'm sure he'll, he'll eventually tackle all of the good with that. So I'm not going to say too much more. I'm going to let him have a moment, too. Yeah, you know, the, but, thing uh, you said, the thing you said about people's sketchbooks is, is also, like, it being official, it doesn't feel cheesy or pandering. It just feels like a really, really cool character design. Like, yeah, no, nothing about like they were trying to hit on something like fantasies or different archetypes. Like, it just feels like a well-fleshed-out character. Um, I, I can uh, tell you at least, like, a quick first impression. Um there's a lot of cool stuff going on, but I'm kind of obsessed with his sword. <laughs> it's just, 
the uh, oh the, man, the, the kind of the, the the Oedashi with like the that that locking mechanism that he's got. Like I feel like I watched just that part of the clip where he he sheaths it and it clicks and his helmet pulls off. Uh, but like that part, I I can't stop thinking about. Yeah, there, there's so many cool touches to this design. Um, there's so much to say. Let's uh, let's maybe let's go through the trailer just shot by shot, just because it's it's such a good trailer. And yeah, I definitely don't have a problem with that at oh all. My God. <laughs> every every single shot reveals something new and interesting about the character. Okay, yeah, so... even even the beginning. Yeah, yeah, even in the first like I almost want to say half of the second even like you get something. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so if, if you're listening, I, I really recommend, uh, you've probably already seen the trailer a dozen times like us, but just in case, if you haven't, uh, go, out, go out and uh, look up the Nagori Yuki and Leo White Fang reveal trailer for Guilty Gear Strive. Okay, so um, my gosh. So, so the first shot you see is uh you know it's this wide shot nagori yuki is like sitting meditatively uh in the snow he's got his odachi in his hand and and you know it's 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 winter it's a very somber scene and there's sort of this like a uh, slow zoom on him he looks up he opens his eyes you see his eyes are like a uh, gray you know and uh, he's got a somber expression as snow falls and oh man like that that's already there like so much like he, so much. he's embodying his name even in the first shot yes yeah let's <laughs> like... let's yeah let's dig into that okay so so nagori yuki um yuki means snow that's actually pretty you know pretty common name in japan and then uh, nagori means uh traces or remnants uh so together nagori yuki uh it means like traces of snow it implies sort of the uh the last snow of winter um, it's it's actually like a common uh, or it's a term. I don't know how common it is, but it's a term in Japan to refer to uh, the the last snow of the year. You know, the lingering snow. It's it's got a really like wistful, reflective uh, feeling to it, and and already you know it says so much about this character. Like you know, uh, he's like this deeply contemplative, uh, you know, tragic kind of character. Like you already feel it right away, right? Yeah, like it's 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 something where you're already getting story, but you that you don't even know before you know it. Like even within that first shot, uh, you 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 feel exactly what they want you to feel uh, without you even knowing the parallels and the in the, the 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 connections that he may have to other characters. Like I mean, I, you can see some of that within his design, but it's. <laughs> It's like there's this this feeling that you're just like I, this feels right, and I can't wait to explore the rest of this character. Yeah, yeah. So let's uh, okay, let's dig farther into that name. This is we're we're still on like second two of the trailer, by the way. But <laughs> so the name uh, Nagari Yuki, um, he's actually named after a very famous uh, pop song in Japan, like this uh, folk song that was very very popular. Um, it's it's a, it was released in 1974. It was written by a notable, a famous Japanese musician named uh, Shozo Ise. Uh, he wrote it for a, a pop star named uh, Kaguya Hime. You know, like like Princess Kaguya from the fairy tales. Uh, so that was like a big hit single in 1974. 
And then since then, it's been, if, if you look up the Japanese Wikipedia page for this song, it's been remade over 40 times, but it's been remade by 40 different artists. Like that's how classic of a song it is. Um, and it's, it's, if you listen to it, it's, uh, it's this very wistful, uh, reflective, nostalgic, like sweet and sad song. It's like a very sweet sweetly sad song it's about uh the song is about parting with a loved one it's about you know see, seeing them off at the train station and watching them you know go off into the winter uh you know on that train and it's it's about sort of comparing that moment to seeing uh the last snow of winter uh, sometimes this song title is translated as um as a uh, unseasonal unseasonal uh, snow um, you know, so, and, and the song is, a, it's very, it's intentionally ambiguous. It could be about a lover. It could be about seeing uh, your child off to, you know, to school or whatever they're going off. But it's like, the, the main thing is it's, uh, you know, the song is from the perspective of someone who's parting with someone that they love very much. And they know they're going to have to spend a long time away from them. And they know this person, you know, when they meet them again, they will be a, a different person. So they're enjoying the beauty of the person as they are at that moment of parting, you know, just like they're enjoying the beauty of the uh, last snow, uh, you know, melting in the ground of the year. And um, my gosh, like that's so evocative, right? All that rolled up into this character. Um, you know, that's his name. And he's dressed in white, right? And uh, and he's sort of um, intentionally like sort of half cloaked, right? So so already it's like melting snow on this character. It's already like a visual representation of what he is, even within the design itself, even within the first shot he's in. It's like it's it's all thrown at you in this this stylistically blunt way that it's like irrefutable. It's very uh, it's it's quiet but unapologetic. Visually. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I mean, again, this is we're only seconds in and you get so much um, information visually of this character. Yeah. Oh, man. And then when he looks up, his eyes open and you see they're they're very light. They're like these silvery gray eyes. Um, yeah. It's I like a thinking... very small hint of blue. Yeah. So the eyes, I don't know, what do, what do you, what did you get from that? Like they, they kind of recall snow, like the rest of the, the motif, but, uh, you think maybe, maybe it's like a Zatoichi kind of thing. You know, I was actually, that was one of my first initial reactions when I saw it. Um, I don't know if that's something that's going to play out in the story. I mean, we have, this is the only information that we have, but, uh, when I saw the eyes a little light, I said, wait a minute. I said, is he blind? Is this like, you know, do we have, you know, a Zatoichi, uh, parallel already um, but yeah. it seems as far as we know we don't know if he's blind we yeah don't really know but uh, visually it does seem like maybe there's potential for his vision to be slightly impaired um, but again we won't know until you know we get more information but just based off of what I saw I mean you know I mean the initial shot I was like man this is like such a Katsu Productions uh you know, shot. You could have easily put that logo in front of this. I'm like, oh, there's a, th a 3D Chambara film coming out. Okay, like it's like there's it's it's very much uh, you know a parallel to those things. But uh, you know, he his eyes like that. I'm I think there's a possibility there may be something wrong with his vision. But again, we don't know until uh, we see you know more uh, you know from this character. But yeah. I think that would be an interesting touch. But then again. 
Zato one or Eddie is already like their Zatoichi yep. like go to, so they may they may not go there with that. That that'd be kind of cool, kind of ballsy to have not one but it two <laughs> Zatoichi. Yeah, I mean, I'd game. be all for it. Yeah, honestly, you yeah. know, but but we'll see. Do you think it has? Do you think it's it's an implication that there's something gear like or mechanical? Because the only thing that made me think about this is if you look closely at them, they have a lot of detail, and also his uh, his helmet doesn't. It, it's kind of unclear where it comes from, and I feel like if it was indicating that there was something gear like about him, that might be uh, something that could come up. But uh, maybe reading into it too much. Yeah, maybe. I mean, his helmet doesn't have eyes. You know? No, that's a solid point, though. Because so, yeah, that, he's blind. That, like, yeah. That, yeah, yeah. But uh, we'll we'll get into that in uh, in a minute. Um, yeah, let, let's just talk more about maybe other possible influences. Um, so right away, um, so, I mean, like obviously he he's a, a black character. He's the first um, like uh, d- distinctively like black character in Guilty Gear. I think there, there's been like dark skinned characters in the past. It's kind of you know. Um, ambiguous like right. I, I don't think anyone really ascribes a ethnicity to potemkin necessarily or to um uh uh, uh the, the the girl with the two giant swords uh what's her name that um yeah no one no one really makes a parallel to her being like a black character yes yeah. Yeah yeah, yeah 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 ramel yeah um but but you know uh, so Nagori Yuki is the first um, yeah like clearly uh, he's he's a black dude um, and uh, you know with the sword and stuff um, th- there's several characters you could recall uh, so um, and uh, j- I also just want to say like uh, it's great that like there's so much more to talk about than just like oh yeah he's the black character like they, they didn't leave it at that right a lot of fighting games it's like okay well. Um, we need a black character. Let's make him a boxer, <laughs> right? And that's, right. That's yeah. like the character. It's like <laughs> he's the black guy, right? Like yeah. there, there's much, so much more going on here. Um, yeah, but both with uh, Ramlothal and uh, Nagoriyuki, they're very yeah. distinct, very, very different. Um, yeah. Which, which I appreciate. Like, I, it, there's a lot of sincerity that went into uh, the design sensibility for him as well as Ramlothal. Yeah. So, so for him, um, I mean. I can't help but think of, uh, you know, uh, Blade as a pop culture character reference, like just the, the sword, uh, you know, black dude. And just his presence. Yeah. Yeah, his vibe. Yeah. Um, and and a... he's a vampire, uh, which we'll get into that, too. <laughs> yeah. Right. yeah. I, this is one of those things where we were talking about with Ishiwatari where it's you'll hear a detail and then there'll be more detail and then it'll keep going. Yeah. So it's like yeah. you could have just been... Uh, you know, samurai influenced, but no, he has to be a vampire. He can't just be a samurai influenced va- vampire. He has to. It has to have a an odachi. You can't just have an odachi. He has to have like a blade that is vampiric and na- like it just keeps going. You know, yeah. <laughs> like yeah. so much detail. Ishiwatari is the one person who can make a peanut butter banana lobster, and it's good. That's <laughs> what he does, and yeah. it's like, you know, for some reason, there's a confidence with how he approaches it, where when you see it. You just accept it and you absorb it. You don't just accept it; you absorb it. You're just like, yeah, that's awesome. Yep, and you feel that. Uh, I mean, especially not just from the first shot, but even the uh, debut, like a, a, like the character select ish art that you see, like that first special pose with his title reveal. Like, there's such confidence in the shapes that the character creates in the shot. Like, it's 
you can't help but just be enamored, uh, you know, by this character. So, yeah. you know, it's, and then, and then, you know, Sean brought up the sword. I mean, I mean, that's just, a, it's such a cool concept. Sorry, I'm going to bring it up a lot. I'm, I'm actually pretty obsessed with the sword. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, just, I mean, we all are. So just like, <laughs> yeah, I had uh, the floor, man. Yeah. Yeah, I, I just want to bring up one more one more possible reference before we keep going. Um, I was thinking it might also be a reference to uh, Yasuke, the historical uh, black samurai. So oh, yeah, this is an actual yeah. person in history. Uh, it was a, a you know a man of African descent. He ended up in Japan and he became a samurai retainer for Oda Nobunaga, and um, yeah, he was like quite notable. He he was quite high ranking. Um, yeah, very, very respected in his day. And uh, he was really tall, too. Um, records indicate he was six foot two, which back then the global average was closer to five feet. So this guy was like a foot taller than everyone. Um, and Nagori uh, Yuki is uh, quite tall. He's a quite very, very large character on the screen. So I think uh, maybe that, that, that might be an influence as well. No, that's like, that's, that's definitely, I would be surprised if it wasn't an influence. Yeah. Um, you know, just because of how much space uh, Nagaruki occupies on screen, and I mean, the the, the trailer is pretty clever in having uh, him shown on the snowy stage a lot as well, uh, which makes for which is interesting because you would think that that would affect his design, but it doesn't. Like he doesn't blend into the background. Oh, He's, that's a really good point. Yeah, like you would you would think that like his design would be contradictory for that, but that it actually supports his design. Right, uh, right. You know, there, there's <laughs> the whole like uh, uh, snowman in a snowstorm joke, right? Like it's, it's just exactly. a blank sheet of paper, but he totally stands out. Yeah, he stands out. It's 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 it is a spectacle to see, even in just seeing trailer footage, let alone playing this character. Just seeing the character animate and move yeah. uh, and, and, and embody what they want him to and to be able to be complimented by a background that embodies who he is. Like, I, yeah. there's, not, there's not many characters in fighting games that do that. Yeah. There really isn't. So, That's a very intentional design element. So we're, we're talking about, like, how he, he kind of pops out over the snow, and I, I would like to real quick bring us around to... How good his color theory is. Yes. So <laughs> the reason that I think this is, is it's, it's actually more subtle. So obviously he has a very white coat and he has mm -hmm. dark skin. But if you look at his robe underneath, it's orange. But then yep. they use the split complement. The inside of the jacket is actually purple. And then oh. it has an adjacent complement of the pops of red from how it ties together. So he actually, uh, so the, again, we, we talked about in past podcasts. And if you know color theory, Complements or split complements are usually used to make colors look more vivid next to each other, even if they're subtle versions of colors. And I actually think that um, the choice of using the, the 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 half kind of robe that is orange, along with the the kind of the the kind of the split and adjacent complements of purple and red, is actually what makes it really like stand out. And since he also has the red um, on the back of his coat and on the front of his mask. Uh, the red connects around, so he actually has a very strong silhouette because the the color gives him a lot of presence. 
uh, if that makes sense. Like it's very makes them very 360, for lack of a better term. I feel like I'm not explaining it well. Oh, but, yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I feel like it means no, that I mean, the white of the packet can't recede, you know? Yeah, no, it's, it's, That's a, it's a very volumetric sensibility to him with the color choices. Like it just it encompasses the fact that like the models themselves already have the density that they have, but then for it to be such such masterful execution in terms of color choice, no matter what angle you see him, uh, that <laughs> again is a testament to uh, Ishiwatari and you know Arxis in general. Just the work that they put into each individual character in this game so far, uh, and all of those things just make it work. It's like you can't stop staring at this character. Yeah, that. Uh, they, also, oh, sorry. Go ahead. Oh no, go go ahead. Oh, I was just gonna add that like they even do some some insane stuff. Like I, I read a, a text description that said that he wears gray sandals, but he doesn't. He wears gray and slightly purple sandals. Um, there's a little bit of. It's not just bounce. At first, I thought it was bounce light, but it's actually not. the The sole of his sandals right. is like a much cooler gray. And I was like, "Oh, yeah. so smart! What a good design decision!" Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's rude. How good this oh, design man. is. Yeah, it it echoes the inside of his uh, you know, his his um jacket. Oh my god! Just 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 and it complements the yellow oh. layer. It's it's oh, Sean, thank you for for pointing all that out. Like. You know, um, we, we often talk about how sometimes entering the 3D era, people tend to over-design things, you know? They, they, you lose that, like, focused sprite uh, design quality, and uh, yeah, it, designs can become uh, over, uh, just a little bit overbearing. But, like, here, all the little details actually make the character pop better. That, that's It's so cool. <laughs> oh, man. Let's... Um... Okay, let, yeah, let's talk about uh, his outfit some more. Um, so I have some notes from Professor Andy, who uh, he's not here with us today, but he's he's here with us in in spirit. Uh, so he he gave a he did a breakdown of um, Nagori Yuki's outfit on on Twitter. Um, let me find my notes. Okay, so uh, obviously those are samurai robes. Um, and it, 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 but it has sort of like a modern militaristic uh, feeling to it. Um, so he, uh, he wears his robes uh, one side down, like the sleeves are totally down. And uh, th there's a historical precedent for this. Uh, people actually did used to do this back in the day, uh, both for fashion and for practicality. Um, if, if you have one arm that's not uh, bogged down by cloth, it can move a little more freely. Um, oh, yeah, also worth noting that he's he's wearing, um, you know, uh, robes. And uh, if if you look at most, uh, you know, Japanese samurai movies or video games, they, they the samurai typically wear robes, not armor, right? Armor is only for going off to, like, war. Um, whereas, you know, when you see a lot of Western stuff about samurai, they, they tend to be armored. Um, like, if you look at the cast of Samurai Shonen, I, I, there, there's only ever been two characters out of, like, over 50 that actually wear samurai armor. Um, so yeah, so a good choice for them to give him robes. Um, and then um, uh, the 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 one sleeve asymmetric design. It also uh, recalls uh, Heian era um, samurai cloth and specifically uh, hunting robes. 
So the Heian era was uh, from the 794 to 1185. So, you know, like over a thousand years ago. Uh, so it's a pretty ancient uh, time. But um, yeah, they, they, if you look it up, look up Heian hunting robes. It's, it's a very distinct asymmetric uh, design um, that the, this, this design uh, really uh, nicely recalls. And you know maybe maybe that feeds into him him kind of being a vampire too, right? Vampires are always kind of have a, like a predatory kind of presence to them. Um, yeah, and then as Sean pointed out, he he's carrying an odachi, and uh, let, let's 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 dig into that. <laughs> Sean, you want to you want to talk about the sword? Yeah, so I, I don't um, I don't think I probably know as enough as, as much as like y'all do or Professor Andy might about it, but the reason. Uh, it struck me so much is I think when I first like saw a screenshot or whatever, I, uh, I thought he was just using a, I thought he was just using a, a katana and he has, um, I forget what the normal set of samurai swords is called. Uh, but I noticed that he had the, the matching set. And, uh, when I saw it in game though, I was just like, I, I was struck by, I, I was looking at, it, I was like, wow, this is a huge sword. It's gotta be an Odachi. Like it's not, yeah. it's not a katana. Um, and the way he moves uh, and the way it feels is actually really heavily supported by how, and there's a backstory to the sword we can talk about later that it is kind of teased in this. But um, that to me like gives a lot of weight and power and confidence to the way he moves. And that's why I think it was a really intentional choice. And then and not only that, like you see it later, um, you see it later in the in the trailer, uh, the, the Odachi specifically, has um, an actual hilt lock on it that is mechanical. Um, and I'm not sure, but I think it's tied to his helmet. They, they don't, they kind of cut away the, the first time, but I, I think it actually, there might be something related to the helmet like going on him that isn't about sight. I think it's about, uh, it's related to his sword. So I feel like there's a lot of thoughtfulness going there. So I just, oh, yeah. I was really interested in that. And I, I feel like there's a lot going on there that we could dive into. Yeah. Um, so uh, Professor Andy, uh, who y you can follow him on Twitter at Hokuto Andy. Uh, he he talked about that that hilt. Um, he pointed out that the the carrying handle on on his sword, on the hilt, it it uh, looks it recalls the uh, part of a modern machine gun. Uh, modern machine guns have handles on uh, the barrels because you know they heat up quite a bit when with the the rapid fire. Um, and machine guns are modular, so um, if your gun overheats, you got to be able to quickly change out the the barrel. So there's actually in in modern standard issue machine guns for the military, like there's a handle so you don't burn your hand. They, they have handles on the barrels so that uh, when they overheat, you can quickly change out the barrel. And um, his sword seems to have this heating element, right? It seems to like get powered up, maybe with blood, maybe it's like a vampiric sword. And um, But it seems to be generating a lot of heat and then when it becomes like blood red, and he's gotta like reseal it. Um, and then on I top of that, oh yeah, go ahead. Vampiric. I, I was gonna say, I believe it is in fact a vampiric sword. Yeah, yeah, I think that might be like part of his uh, gameplay. Um, yeah, just, yeah, yeah. Uh, just, just one they... more thing about the Nodachi, real quick. Um, uh, you know, uh, machine guns are modular, right? They're they're made to be like uh, taken apart, cleaned up uh, on the field. You know, uh, change out the parts, um, and it's the same way with uh, uh, Japanese swords. 
uh, back in the day. They they were made to be disassembled, cleaned up, reassembled. They they were also very modular by design. So every aspect of his character really conveys that he's sort of this modern samurai. It's it's really thoughtful. It's masterful, even. Yeah. Like, just I mean, such deliberate color design choices. Like like everything comes together in a way that you wouldn't. You wouldn't expect, like, if someone told you this on paper, just randomly, it's like, what? But, like, when you see how all of these elements come together, not just visually, but, like, for lack of a better word, the lore mm-hmm. behind the character, like, the referential structure behind the character, like, all of these things, uh, you know, work incredibly well. And what's interesting is that for as fresh and new as Nagoro Yuki is, for me, there's, is a, there's a visual parallel to uh, Johnny, yeah, um, I, I feel like there is a. It's sort of like a. Oh yeah, there definitely uh, is. Yeah, like a atypical sort of like like uh, a symmetry between the two uh, approaches to designs, and it's on a, on a very simple uh, level. Um, you know, it could be just the fact that when you look at Johnny's design, you know, by default, like it's you know he's got the black coat, he's got the black hat, uh, you know, he's got bell bottoms. Um, Whereas, you know, and in his skin, you know, obviously he comes off as like someone who is of European descent, if that exists within this world. Um, yeah, he's very light skinned. Yeah. Yeah. And then it's like you have the parallel where uh, Nagoroyuki is, you know, a dark skinned man, black man uh, with a design that is predominantly white that also has split complements and complements of colors that work within each other. Whereas Johnny's is a bit simpler in terms of his design uh it's a bit it's a it's it's a bit more like just i guess like to the point uh whereas there's a lot more intricacy within nagoriki's design without you being lost um and i think there's also it could, could be a parallel to uh their 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 swords as well i believe johnny's katana is called a shirasaya or, or it's a shirasaya like style um, where it's, they, I think that they actually store, they, they, they're actually used for storage, like, uh, in a similar way to the way that Johnny's, oh, not Johnny's, uh, Nagoto Yuki's blade can be, like, disassembled. And, like, there's a lot of design elements that are similar, but, like, they're both fresh characters that are, like, completely from different sides of a spectrum. Yeah, yeah, of, like, yeah, yeah, presence. you're right. Yeah, yeah, the shirasaya is, uh, you know, it's that very simple, like, wh- when it's sheathed, it just looks like a boken. It looks like a single piece of wood, right? Yeah. The, the handle is very plain, the sheath is very plain. Um, that is what Zatoichi, the, the, the character, the blind samurai used, right? He uses, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, he uses the same type of uh, styled sword. Uh, and it's. I feel like there's, like, a parallel there. And I don't know if they're going to cross paths in the story. I mean, that would be... They- my oh, wish, <laughs> uh, yeah. you know, being being a big fan of uh, Tembrara Tem- films myself, like I would love to see Ishibatari's like take on having these two characters in the world of Guilty Gear, uh, having an encounter that would be an homage to that would be. If if I had something I wanted for Christmas, like that would be <laughs> that would be a thing that I would be uh, pretty pretty excited about. I mean, given the fact that I mean when I saw. Um, the trailer, it, it made me think of, you know, so many things. I mean, the first thought was uh, Shirayukihime, which is uh, in English, I believe that translates to uh, 
Lady Snowblood, which is a yeah. famous uh, Chambara film that has been exposed to people through uh, Kill Bill. Um, you know, the sort of somberness of, you know, and the darkness of that story, I, I felt a similar sensibility uh, watching the first few seconds of that trailer. I feel like you could easily have put uh, anything. You could put the, you could literally put the opening theme to uh, Lady Snowblood in that trailer, and it would have worked just fine for him. Um, yes. You know, like, it made me think of uh, Meiko Kaji, who plays uh. Uh, Lady Snowblood in the movie. Yeah. Um, and she sung and the she, theme, too. Yeah, she sung the song. Yeah, uh, yeah. so it's like, it, to me, it was just like, man, this is just such like a, a match made in, in heaven or hell if, if I want to make a dad joke oh. with Guilty Gear. <laughs> <laughs> Joke away. That that was a uh, very very that was earned. Yeah, I, dude, dude, you bring up Lady Snowblood. Um, I just realized, like you know, Nagari Yuki. His name means like the last snow. You know, he, he's draped in snow, but like half half covered, like it's melting. And then there's that spot of red, right? Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. There's the uh, kanji for heart. Uh, on, on his mask and on his back, and they 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 wrote it out for you in English too, <laughs> and. Um, Lady Snowblood is, of course, got so many beautiful shots of, like, just the patterns of blood just frozen in the snow when she's, like, killing people. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's, it, she has a, a beautifully murderous signature that is uh, showcased throughout the entire film. Yeah. Uh, it, it, it makes her vengeance just... It, it's almost... It, it's, it's like a parallel to... Uh, <laughs> a line in the Wicked City Japanese trailer where Taka says, Taki says, violence is beautiful. <laughs> it's like, it's literally, that's, to me, that's what that film sort of embodies. And I feel like, uh, you know, like I said, we haven't seen much of what he does, but like, I feel like there's potential for a lot of artful display uh, within, you know, some of his attacks where you really do see uh, a lot of symbolism within the blood. Like, uh, I, I, there's something about the, uh, particle effects of the blood splatter that does show up that I don't think I've seen in Guilty Gear before. Um, I'm not sure. Like I, I would have to go back and look, but I feel like the blood is very prominent. Not in a gory way, not in a distasteful yeah. way. Yeah. Uh, but it's much more prominent in this trailer than um, any of the trailers that I've seen. Um, you know, I don't even think... I don't know if Guilty Gear characters bleed. Uh, I feel like they've had like the little uh, blood sp splashes in previous games. You know that that sort of samurai yeah. showdown style. It just kind of it's like water it just dissipates in the air. Yeah, it, it seems like uh, the the and I could be wrong here, but it seems like the effects in, in with his some of his attacks that there's such a density when the blood is like shown. He... Uh, and, it, and and part of it could be from the sword itself because I do see that uh, there are certain attacks that their blood trails on the sword. So yeah. I don't know if that's something that he's accumulating oh, like, dude. as the match uh, goes on, but dude, I, dude, I think dude. that's a possibility. Go, go to uh, 1 minute 45 seconds, you see the blood coming out and then going into him. That's, yeah. that's definitely a gameplay yeah. Uh, mechanic. Yeah. Like yeah that, he's that's, absorbing that's... blood. Yeah, so it's like you know, oh. you're seeing, yeah. Oh man! <laughs> like I said, I mean, there's so much food in in this in this trailer. There's yeah. so much to feast on. Such generous uh, servings. Yeah, By the way, we're like, we're five seconds into the trailer, really. <laughs> that's, that's... <laughs>
There's so much going on. Yeah, it's it's uh ah man, I can't wait for this to to, to come. Out. Let's um okay, let's talk about his mask, right? Because um right before you know, right before he goes into his actual uh, gameplay, you see the mask come on, and it 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 just kind of comes out of nowhere from behind his head, and it en- envelops his face. And, uh, you know, before we were talking about how his eyes are silvery, maybe indicating he might be blind or just something about his eyes is is different. Uh, and then the mask, there's no eye holes. Like, so there, it's either he's blind or the, it's accentuating his senses uh, elsewhere. Right. What, what do you think? Yeah, it's it's it seems like a, an intentional design element. Um it's 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 kind of tough to say like what exactly it is just because we have like limited information but you know i think we touched on it a little bit earlier is that uh you know there's an element of zatoichi that could be there and it would be you know super ballsy for uh arxis to give us a double down (laughs) with cheese (laughs) in terms of this uh i would be all for it but again you know like it's but it does that's something that strikes me as uh you know, a thing that they could be alluding to because it, I mean, when it comes to Arxis, when it comes to their designs, uh, there's a lot of purpose and intent behind the elements. I feel like uh, there's a lot of discussions that go on for like, you know, hours in terms of design passes where it's like, hey, uh, why is this this color? This looks cool, but like, what else is there? What reason is there for that? Like, I feel like there's a lot of heart that Ishimotari puts into, uh, you know, what he does and why. And I, yeah. and I mean, even even if it's an effortless thing from him where he's just like, oh, I just thought it was cool. But this is also something that could be a parallel to it. It's like it for him to make those choices. Like there's a lot of thought and care. And I mean, with Nagato Yuki, I mean, I don't want to say I feel like there's more with him because I feel like there's a lot of depth in terms of design with all of the Guilty Gear characters. Mm-hmm. But Nagato Yuki just seems so fresh because one, I mean, it's, it is our first black uh, character uh, in Guilty Gear. So that kind of puts him in a spotlight where it's like there's no one really like him there's tan characters there's characters that are brown but you know he looks like a black man and that is like you know it's it's so again it's a first for guilty gear um so like all these other elements being so interesting and intricate with him just kind of there's like such a visual focus on him where you're like wow you can't not look you can't look away from this character I, I just had a thought uh, around the mask. Um, I actually think it might be, uh, other than I think the mask itself is a traditional reference to another type of samurai mask uh, that I don't know. I actually think it might be uh, a bat vampire reference, like the oh. idea of their their vampire, like he's blind as a bat, where like his oh. the idea that vampires have like so obviously bats aren't actually blind; they have heightened other senses. So I wonder if it has to do with. When his sword unlocks, it covers his face because he might his. I wonder if he's not blind, but his eyesight is is actually a different type of eyesight. Like it's heightened when he's fighting, and the mask and even the the ears on it are meant to be referential to the the vampire bat nature of, of that. Well, um, he, he does have like what looks like maybe four four sensors on his his, his forehead. You know, like uh, some some insects have extra uh, eyes up there for like sensing heat and stuff or UV rays. Um, I think uh, snakes and lizards, some of them have a third eye around there. Uh, kind of looks like Ava Unit 2's head uh, underneath the, the mask, too. Um, oh, of, yeah. Did he? Yeah. 
Yeah. Man, no wonder I love that freaking design so much. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and then it's got the kanji for heart just emblazoned in, in bold red, blood red across. And then, oh, Sean, you mentioned the the, the historical reference. Uh, so that is a Hanya mask. It's, um, as far as I know, I think it's referencing a, a Hanya mask from a traditional no theater. So, you know, that's the style of a very ancient theater that's been practiced in, in Japan for uh Gosh, probably over a thousand years, and um, uh, th that mask in particular, the Hanya mask, is the famous uh, demon mask. You know, you see it referenced a lot in pop culture, you know, in comics and games and stuff. Usually, if there's like, it's associated with like Japanese assassin type characters. But um, uh, what a lot of people don't know is the Hanya mask originally is a female demon. Um, so in a lot of plays, when, when you see that mask, you know, it, it represents the female demon and it might be literal, like she might literally be like a monster in the story, or it's a woman that's like overcome with rage and jealousy and resentment so that she's become like, uh, you know, like a demon, like a devil, um, and has, you know, the horns and the teeth. Uh, which are very prominent um, in uh, Nagori Yuki's design, and it's it's usually like uh, it's often like a pale uh, mask too. Uh, I think it can also be red, can be other colors, but typically uh, you see it's it's very pale, and it has like uh, sometimes it has like stringy hair, like kind of painted alongside the the forehead. But um, that's definitely an intentional call out. Uh, so I, I wonder if he's out for revenge. What, what do you what do you guys think? Hmm. Uh, that's I. Ooh, that does. Seem but I want to. I don't. I don't know if we can take any hints from it, but mm -hmm. I want to call it a detail that I didn't notice until like watching after watching the trailer like five or ten times. But the initial shot that he's in, there's actually some pretty important stuff going on in the background, and actually, Soul is actually standing there as well. Um, it feels like what he's meditating for might be there. There might be something going on there. I feel like th there might be a relation to what he's pursuing i originally thought that he might be related to slayer in that you know the other vampire that is in the story but it makes me think that there's something going on with the the origin of of the gears and like soul doesn't look like he's gonna fight him in, in the four seconds in the like i'm saying four seconds like half second that he's in the trailer um so i i wonder if i don't think they were just taking that shot from a level i think there's I think there's something going on there, like that, that was included for a reason. It might indicate like what kind of journey he's on, and I don't know. But I thought it was interesting. There's some detail uh, that you can miss easily because you're focused on him being awesome. Uh, that you don't, and that's about right before his title card comes up. Yeah. Oh, something just occurred to me. I mean, um, yeah, you mentioned that uh, <laughs> there's already a vampire in the series, so he's got to be related to Slayer somehow. Um, and I wonder if he. Or, or maybe he's not. I don't know. Maybe he's a gear, or maybe he's like someone that's been turned into a gear. Uh, he's got that keep out tag on his suit. Like maybe he's been experimented on and turned into a vampiric uh, gear. He, he also has a lot of, especially next to where the keep out is on a number of his belts, he has the crosses too. And I don't know what to make of that. Like I was like, oh, maybe it's like a vampire thing, but mm. there's a lot of. Holy Crusader imagery in Guilty Gear as well, so I'm not. I, I feel like there's almost. It's obviously it's all over his clothing, but I, I wonder there's a lot there potentially. Where where are the crosses? 
Actually, I didn't quite notice that. Uh, you can see it on, not the keep out that's on his sleeve, but if you look at a number of the belts and you also look at the uh, the inside flap of his overcoat, you can see little crosses next to where it says keep out. Um, ah. There's also a red cross on the inset, uh, on the inseam of his uh, jacket. So okay. I'm not sure what those mean, but I feel like they're, they're, <laughs> they're obviously there intentionally. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's very subtle. Yeah, on the straps. Maybe he's related to the Holy Order. And there's so many things that he could be. <laughs> yeah, because, yeah, the Johnny, Slayer, uh, Kai, like. Like, there's so much. There's, it's like, it's, the, the trail is only 54 seconds. But <laughs> yeah. there's, there's, there's a lot to glean from it where, you know, it, it, it makes you uh, even that much more curious about the character. Um which is great because it's not just a cool character. It's like, but I want to know like what else is going on with you because it, it seems like he is connected uh, to a lot of different moving parts within the story. Um, and he does give off this idea of carrying a heavy burden. Yeah. Uh, you, you do feel that with his presence. Um, and I could see that correlating into him being a gear or at least having a, a past that he either wants to rectify or there is a journey of revenge that he may not even want to pursue but has to like there's something about the quietness of this character that his silence expresses an audible like sense of pain or torment or something so uh i look forward to how that's gonna unfold yeah oh man um so th there's parts of uh, the gameplay where, like, you you see the the helmet um, open up, right? Like he, it looks like his throw attack. He bites the player. You see uh, it open up for him enough to take a chomp. It still covers his eyes, though. And then um, later, the helmet actually does come off completely. So he he's not uh, always completely helmeted uh, during gameplay. So I, I wonder. Uh, what if it's there for restraint, right? What if he needs to hold back? Um, oh, wow, yeah. That could be... Because oh, it looks like when when the, the sword is uh, red, uh, presumably fully charged, like, uh, he does some sort of, like, burst, and then, like, the helmet comes off, the mask comes off. It's so cool. That's well, something, so else, true, though. Yeah. something else that I noticed that might indicate very similar to Oro in Street Fighter that he may be holding himself back is he's a very, I mentioned, I feel like he's a very confident, he doesn't feel like a fast character because yeah. of how slow moving he is with his Arachi. But also, you can see him do teleports and dashes like Slayer does. He's not, um, He. it does feel like he is restraining himself to some degree. Um in terms of like you watch him move uh, in the in the actual fight, the way that uh, he'll he'll go from one element where he's very carefully swinging the sword, but then he'll move to uh, do a quick dash and almost a teleport. Like the, he definitely definitely feels like he there's some level of um, restraint for sure. Yeah. Oh, I noticed. Um, so his default stance. Uh, he he's one of those rare fighting game characters where he has his back. To the viewer so it's you know he's a badass like uh yeah <laughs> it, it um 
recalls a Genjiro from Samurai Showdown. Do you, do you think maybe that might be sort of an analog for how he plays? Uh, if that's the case, I will play this character forever and ever. I am a Genjiro main, and uh, if if he has even a hint of that type of aggression in his game design philosophy, I am definitely going to be sticking with him uh, forever. But the, the 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 presence is there though, in terms of because Genjiro, even though he's not like massively tall, he has a towering presence. Uh, yeah. just because of his mass and. Even just what his character represents in terms of his own tortured story, uh, I could see like a like a, a parallel in terms of just the badassery there. Um, and I mean, if 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 he has any sort of like hint of that sort of sensibility, that's just going to make me love this character that much more. Yeah, uh, it's. It, I mean, because the more that I look at that stance, it does remind me a lot. Actually, one of his. Uh, his two-hit attacks actually looks like Genjiro's uh, heavy slash. There's like a swipe up and then down, and that does yeah, yeah, remind yeah. me. Even the gesture and pose of it is, uh, you know, slightly similar to uh, Genjiro's heavy slash. Um, man, his teleport! Oh god, just the effect that's over his model is so cool. Yeah, I, I don't like, even know how they did that. Oh my god! Yeah, like. <laughs> It's magic to me right now. Like I can't even like break down like what I'm seeing. Like I'm just like it just looks amazing. <laughs> What's cool is they show him fighting Chip as well, and their teleport animations are different. Like they're different. actually it's easy to at least I found it easy to follow who is teleporting despite the fact that they were both doing it. Ooh, yeah, good call. Yeah, they're telling you. You know, they're showing you. Like this is how Chip the ninja teleports. This is how, uh, you know. Nagoriyuki, the the samurai teleports. It's very distinct. And I, I I feel like they could actually just do an anime just on this character. <laughs> oh, that'd be rad. I'd be so for it. Now that Rich, now that you pointed out, it looks like when his sword is glowing red, he doesn't have his mask on. Uh, yeah, right. Interesting. Yeah. I I noticed with his animations. Um, his sword is so huge that when he swings, you, you can actually feel it um, go in and out of the screen, like towards and away from the viewer. <laughs> like it's a really cool um, but subtle effect. It's not it's not overdone. Uh, I'm, oh, yeah, especially especially when the, uh, the the swipe animation when it isn't red is finishing. It doesn't. It definitely feels like it has a perspective as it comes toward the screen. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's a, it's it's almost like uh, if it was done if it was done a little bit more crazier, you would kind of flinch, like if as if it was coming toward the screen. But it, yeah. it's the fidelity of it is just right, where you're just like, man, this feels super inclusive, without yeah. being invasive to me as a player. I'm 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 looking at um his teleport now, and it's like, oh my gosh, he's he's um it it looks magical. Uh, where, whereas, like Chip yeah, seems like he's just moving super fast, but Nagariyuki looks like it's it's some sort of like art that he, he you know, like a like he's practicing some sort of spell. Yeah, it's 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 much more specific. Uh, it, it, you can tell that it's not derived from how Chip does his. Like it, it's yeah, like there's something to that where you're just like, yeah, you're you're bringing a lot of new things to the table here. Yeah. It feels like he's almost like turning to mist, uh, and just oh. leisurely moving around, you know, like like a uh. vampire. Yeah, 
Uh, yeah. Like I said, it, it actually reminds me more of the way that Slayer teleports when he moves. Uh, I'm feeling more and more that they, they must be, not just because they're vampires, but there probably is some relation to their power. Yeah, maybe he worked for him at some point. Oh, gosh. I'm sorry, if you hear me clicking, it's because I'm just going through frame by frame on YouTube. It's so I nice. I mean, that's, that's what this trailer is made for. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's what it is made for, is to absorb and just eat as much of it as you can visually like there's so many things that could possibly uh be pointed out and and there's also a lot that hasn't been revealed even so i mean we don't know what uh any of his other moves are we don't we yeah there's like so much that we don't know dude i just noticed um he definitely has a special where he creates a mirror image to like fake you out and then he attacks another way and it's kind of like uh kind of like ukyo right like with the mirror images oh man oh you're, hey. you're super right about that i think his concept might be he's just the samurai showdown character in general like sort of like more uh, uh slower more methodical uh gameplay right because because in Guilty Gear, the characters are so different that they might as well be from like entirely different games. <laughs> That's so true, though. <laughs> That's so true. Yeah, maybe he is like a character that is deliberately created to bring in a specific type of design philosophy where his tempo could be slower. Uh, and that's scary, considering that Guilty Gear Strive is like sort of experimenting with, like, how offense and defense momentum actually works. Yeah. Um, and I, I I have a sneaky feeling that when he hits you with his sword or he cuts you, depending on what other uh, subsystem element he has, I think that he probably drains your health over periods of time, mm. like, from the attacks that he has. Because there's a lot of emphasis on, like, just the way that those attacks work and when you see the blood coming out and you see the blood on the sword, like, I feel like he may... Because if he's, like, super rushed down and he can drain you from attacks, like, gradually that he's already done to you and still rush you down, I think that's too much of, like, a exponential loss of health, like, mathematically for, like, a player to feel like this is fair or balanced. So there may be something to it where maybe he could be a slower-paced uh, character and it's still scary to fight him because it's like, if he hits you, it's like you're constantly having your health drain. I mean, if you're cut by a sword that heavy and that strong, I mean, I feel like after the initial cut, you're still going to feel that shit. So, yeah, you know, it, it makes perfect sense. Dude. Yeah. Yeah. It kind of kept, Oh, go ahead. Oh, I was going to point out a detail while we're talking about the blood. So the, the part where he's fighting Kai and he does the overhead slash, um, when he, he lands the sword and the, the blood starts flowing back to him, I couldn't figure out what it was in full motion, but I slowed it down to look at it, and it looks like he quickly spins the sword and he pulls his hand down, uh, and it like it feels like the, the, like he actually... Movement of the sword is part of what causes the blood to be absorbed. Um, mm. Like it's, it's like right after the overhead slash, and when Kai's flying backwards and, you know, after getting hit... Uh, like I said, he he like quickly flips the sword, which is a pretty big sword to flip with one hand, uh, and then he pushes his hand down on it, and it has like a spin, and then it has like a, a red flash that goes on, and then the blood kind of comes backwards. 
I'm not sure how it's related, but yeah, I yeah, feel yeah. like relation to it. Uh, yeah, really subtle. It's so fast. Yeah, he flips it just for like a split, literally one frame. Ah, damn. Wow. Like, how strong do you have to be? There's so much here. <laughs> uh, the cloth animation on on Nagaruyuki is so nice. I, I feel like um, we we talked about this on the previous podcast. Like, just you know, uh, guilt, Guilty Gear Strive is is Guilty Gear Fall Edition, right? Like, everyone's got these nice jackets. And yes. They they really really improved to the cloth animation, secondary animation, and I, I feel like he's absolutely designed to really showcase that. Yeah, yeah. Every every character is literally fashion week in this game. Uh, it, it's just undeniable how much attention they've put to uh, each character in terms of their design sensibility. Even just in, just on the visual level, not even like what those things represent, but just compositionally, all of them. Uh, they all have unique silhouettes, uh, and it's like to see like how diverse those things can be and to be as interesting and as fresh as they are is like it's it's insanity. Like, like uh, I, it's like I almost I'm like, am I ready for the new characters? But after Nakaruki, like, you know. Oh my gosh! Like, oh my yeah. Gosh, like, like, am I ready for this? Like, I'm, I'm ready, but like, it's just like, oh my god! Like, I cannot wait to uh, own this. Like, I, I feel like I'm gonna be one of those people that buys this for PS4 and five because, <laughs> like, you know, I, because I don't plan on getting a five right away. Like, I'm going to wait a little bit. I'm going to play it on four. But when it comes out on five, I'm probably going to get it there. Because you know they're going to tweak things that only Arxis would notice and be like, hey, you made it that much better. It's like, but you didn't need to. Yeah. You didn't need to. It was already great. You know, but they're going to do what they do. I think they said they're simultaneously releasing it on PC as well, which is going to be good. Oh, nice. Which is also part of what part of the announcement was that it's delayed until next year. Uh, but I'm okay with that. I'm a billion percent okay with that. I, I, I want them to uh, take heavy consideration to the reception that the game had initially, both positive and things that they can improve. And uh, it seems like they are putting an earnest effort and resources into uh, addressing those issues. And I think that, uh, you know, if, if they need the time that they're asking for, you know, by all means, please, especially during these, these trying times, man, give these companies the space they need to give you what you want, you know, like, yeah. you know, let them, let them do what it, what it is they need to do. Cause right now, like empathy in time is probably one of the best things you could give uh, any company that is producing content, especially on the level of Arxis for like global consumption, <laughs> like give them, give them the time to breathe and take in the considerations that we've, you know, as like the people who were in the beta test and even people who didn't test the game that have uh, expressed their opinions on Twitter. I, I feel like they've uh, taken notice of it. And, uh, you know, they're they're working extremely hard to deliver something that is a uh, a reconstruction of, of Guilty Gear, I think was what how Ishiwatari uh, phrased it. So let them let them build, man. Let's uh, let's let's wrap up uh, the analysis of uh, Nagaruyuki. Um... Let's see. Any uh, so the last shot is uh, the 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 helmet coming off, right? He 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 puts away the sword in that very uh, classic, very um, controlled, you know. Oh uh, yeah. 
way and then uh the helmet comes off and i really like how just for like a you know half a second you can see like discomfort on his face it's, it's actually yeah. weirdly humanizing like he, he clearly doesn't exactly enjoy wearing this thing right yeah he's not yeah, totally stoic yeah, yeah you see some vulnerability for for yeah. a split second um, yeah. And I think it looks like his eyes adjust too. Like right before the Let's Rock uh, swipe comes in, uh, it's it's like his it, there's like a like his iris like vibrates or something. Like it's like there's something about that that's interesting to me. Like what that that could potentially mean. Uh, yeah. This is this is an amazing character. Like I, if there is a character, it's like I feel like. I'm going to have that moment where normally when I have a fighting game and, you know, it's, it's time to go to the lab. It's a new game. I've taken off work. Like, I've got my favorite food, and I'm going to sit here and absorb. But I think somewhere within the midst of that, I'm going to be like, dude, I just want to play Story with Nagoriyuki first. Just, yeah. like, like, I'm almost going to treat that like a separate game just to play Story Mode with him and then go try to learn Strive. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, like, that's, that's something that I feel... Uh, pretty strongly with uh, this character that I am going to want to experience the lore in the story of him first yeah. before I start to analyze like frame data and stuff like that. Uh, Cause he's just, it's incredible. Um, I mean, even the last final frames are just worth pausing and staring at like he, you know what? And we haven't touched on this, but I get some Takeshi Koike vibes with yes. how he's been approached Yes. Uh, there's there's something about because he he's under the same math that they use for everyone else, but there's something about his approach, dude. Where the lighting on him, the way that colors hit him, there's like a Koi K vibe, man. I totally. I feel like he, he could have been in um, Animatrix, like the 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 track and field guy. He reminds uh, me of him, but like, yeah, yeah, like, world record. Yeah, he reminds me of the guy from World Record. It's something about the way his eyes sit in his face, uh, just the face design in general. Like, there's a particular, like, Koike vibe, especially in the final frames, just the way that the lighting is hitting him, because it's a very strong light. So there's, like, the shadows are, are like, very thin and small, but they, they serve a specific purpose, and it reminds me a lot of Koike's uh, approach to character design. Uh, I... They must have studied uh, world record just because I mean that's such a beautiful um, short just in general is if you're going to do yeah. cell shading, uh, but then they um, yeah they worked out so much like you know for instance they they avoided that old um, uh, that old what, what do you call it uh, just trope whereas a lot of times you have a, a dark skinned character a black character you give them light hair right which you know yeah. For, for a lot of people, like, you want that contrast. Um, but here you, you have you have a black character that's actually dark-skinned and has black hair. Um, and, and it works. It works. They, yeah. Yeah, you, you they found a way. To, yeah. To, yeah. Yeah, they found a way to make this work where you didn't need to detract from any other aspect of his design to give him contrast. It's just like, yeah. you no, know, like... You know, we can work with what we have here. And, I mean, that's something that is confidently done, again, which is very similar to uh, Koi K's designs. Like, they are, they seem effortless. Yeah. Um, 
And I feel that with um, the way that Nagaroyuki is approached, even in just his facial design. Um, and that is also a testament to how wonderful their, uh, their 3D has gotten, is that they can create just such fresh new design. Like, he, there's nothing like him within Guilty Gear. Nothing like him in Guilty Gear. Or, or any fighting just, game. Or any fighting game, yeah. <laughs> any fighting game to be honest um and i and i it, it's it's so impressive uh i know i know hell hell pockets i don't i don't know if he watches this podcast but uh he, he made a joke he's like man i look so good in this game uh he's yeah. a commentator for um like samurai showdown currently um he's on twitch but he's also uh famous for giving historic commentary for uh, king of fighters 13 uh that guy is like a huge fan of fighting games very passionate uh aficionado of king of fighters but uh, he kind of does look like this guy a little mm. bit, like like just presence wise. And I'm, I'm not gonna say specifically, but uh, you know, he joked. He's like, "Yeah, man, I look good in Guilty Gear Strive." <laughs> so, awesome. uh, but but but, but shout out <laughs> to him because he's super excited about this game. Um, yeah. As as all of us are here, I mean, this is a treat that I didn't even think was possible. Like like this character looks like magic. Like I don't know. It's like there's effects in here that people are gonna be just studying and deciphering for like you know, years to come. Even after this game comes out, people are going to be like, how the hell did they do this? Yeah. You know? But yeah, I mean, I'm I'm in love with this character. I mean, I, I'm I'm a big Kai fan, but I I feel like I feel like I'm, I'm going to be a Nagoriyuki main, but who isn't? Who isn't going to main this character? Yeah. Like, come on. You, you uh, brought up before how he's sort of like every kid's OC, right? Like you just want to oh, make man. the coolest guy ever, right? So he, yeah. he's, he's going to be muscular. <laughs> he'll be a samurai. He'll have like a giant sword. He'll also be a vampire and yeah. this and that. But like they made it work. Like they made it work. It's like, how did you do it? How did you do it? Like, because this, this, the, the, the he's list got a mask. Of... Yeah, yeah it's, it's like the laundry list of what this character is. It's like he's existed in so many kids' sketchbooks and notebooks. But Ishiwatari's beer is just different. <laughs> <laughs> it's just different. <laughs> man. Oh, man. You, you know, I, I, I just noticed something. Um, the last shot, you could see his mouth open, and they resisted the urge to give him vampire fangs. So they, they actually, there's a lot of stuff... It's about is as much about what they are doing as what they're not doing, right? Like, mm-hmm. there's an incredible amount of restraint in here. Like, that that would have been overbearing, right? We already get that. Yeah, that the mask yeah. has fangs. It'd be redundant if uh, he's always I, bearing his fangs I, too. I think I would actually not like his design if he had fangs like all the time. Yeah, like that, that, that was, would like, undermine it. Yeah. yeah, yeah, like it, it really would. Player have fangs. Um... Or is that not a thing that in, in Guilty Gear's vampire lore? You know, um, I'm... I don't think that they really show uh, his fangs if he has them. Like, because I think anytime he's ever like bitten anyone, like, even in his moves, you don't see it. It's also like this oh, very yeah. tasteful sort of like over the shoulder. Like you never see uh, him do it. It's almost like a '60s like drama show that has a vampire. Like you never see a vampire like bite somebody. You know, like like you just see like the the, the shoulder. Or there, you know, like there's an angle that you see where that implies what happens, and you're like, oh, you know, and then he turns around, and he's like, ah, you know. But it's like, yeah, like they don't, <laughs> they don't really show it in Guilty Gear, which is interestingly tasteful. Like it's a very specific sort of restraint there too. 
So in Xrd, um, Slayer subtly has fangs. Like you, you can see them a little bit, but they they never emphasize it. Uh, yeah, they never have that that moment, you know, where where like the vampire all of a sudden like mugs the camera and like raises yeah. gums, you know, shows their gums. You don't uh, need we to. don't you don't need the craft McCheese money shot of that. You you know that the character is a vampire. Like you don't. Yeah. Need... Yeah, it's, well, it's, 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 if you look at some of the cutscenes, you can see he has very subtle. Uh, they're really not much more aggressive than like an average human's incisors. They're just like yeah. a little bit bigger. So yeah, that's it's subtle. It's nice. Yeah, just just well well executed. Uh, like just everything. God, man. Like how can you pack so much punch in like the last few seconds you see him in a trailer? Yeah, like he's just standing there. <laughs> that's what he's—he's he's just standing there. But there's so much that that's happening that it, there's something that it's telling. Like even when the the, the helmet like ejects itself from his face, because yeah. I don't know how else to describe it. <laughs> it's just like like it, it just ejects itself from its face and it just disappears. And there's nowhere that you can see that it goes. Yeah, it just goes. Um. So it's there's there's definitely. It's it's clear that as it comes off, like one of this is like one of the things that I've always really appreciated about a lot of uh, mecha design in, in anime is that they go out of their way to make sure that all of the mechanical parts feel like they work together, uh, even yep. if like they're not something that makes sense. This is the same. It isn't just that he has a mask over him. Like you can see, it has multiple parts that that like even if you, you don't know what they do, but like there's a part in front of his mouth that pulls down and then reveals. Uh, portions where it was plugged in that then recedes back over his nose and then clocks over his eye and then the the, the visor pulls up the teeth pull back down so like they spent a lot of time making this like even though it eventually kind of goes back into a place where you, you know a tune space where you can't really tell where it's coming from the retraction animation is actually very mechanical and thoughtful uh, yeah. nothing looks like it just lazed it you know yeah, I think this goes in the back of his head. I man, yeah, I feel like it literally goes in the back of his head, and that's where the discomfort's coming from. Because mm. like the impact frame mm. where uh, it mm. actually like goes back there, like that's when he winces. I, I feel you're like right. You're right. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think I think yeah, man. Oh, dude, I need dude, this game. Dude, <laughs> that's such a nice detail. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I need. This yeah, game. you're right. That's I it. Need... Yeah, it goes in the back of his head. Yeah. Yep. You figured it out. Yeah, <laughs> all all those talks about animation with you and I, man. I, I yeah, <laughs> like you just I, I see I see the things now, man. Oh my god, that's so good. I I like that. There's he's got a little bit of snow in his hair too. I mean, like like he's 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 graying a little bit. You know, he, he's he's yeah. an older character. It doesn't have to be like a young, perpetual twenty no. something. Like uh, no. No, other people have problems too. <laughs> other people have stories too. Like yeah. it's... I, I have to be honest. If he was younger and not as tall, I actually don't know if I would believe that he would handle this sword with such elegance. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. It almost feels like you have someone that has years of bodybuilding and experience and and like scars and a, like a like a really like almost a tranquil understanding of combat in order to handle that sword the way that he does. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, man. He's he's got he's he's got heavy shoulders, man. He's yeah. this guy comes with a lot and I and I'm super excited to uh explore this. Like this guy like like 
this guy makes me want to play Ghost of Tsushima, but it also makes me want, like this game to just be out. <laughs> like, like I need this to be done. But I'm glad they're yeah. taking their time because it's paying off. This trailer is uh, evidence of that. Like, this, yeah. you know. All right, should we um, should we move on? <laughs> yeah, sure. Oh my goodness. Uh, so yeah, Nagori Yuki, amazing character, amazing. Uh, let, let's let's also talk about Leo a little bit. Uh, Leo, you know, got, got kind of overshadowed here just because uh, yeah, everyone's so understandably <laughs> excited about uh, Nagori Yuki. But Leo's trailer looked pretty good too. And dude, his outfit is totally different. He, he got a huge revamp. Um, maybe uh, you yeah, guys could discuss the change in in the design and the design philosophies you know, represented in, in them. So, so Leo is returning from uh, Exerd where that, that, that was the series where he debuted, right? So he kind of, uh, yeah. you know, he, he was very re- representative of the aesthetic of that particular game. Uh, and so it's really interesting to see how he's changed uh, for uh, Strive. So I, I don't think this reference is here, but I'm going to say it anyway because it really reminds me of it. So the design of Leo Whitefang in Exerd the way that his hair works and the way that he moves, it reminded me a lot of like uh, how Victor Creed is shown in comics and, uh, uh, you know, Sabretooth. Mm-hmm. And I feel like this design looks a lot more like Wolverine. Like, I don't know. I, uh-huh. like, I don't know. I doubt it's intentional, but that there's something about like the, the way that his hair and costume uh-huh. feel between two games that really reminds me of that dynamic in the comics. Interesting. That's interesting. Yeah, I mean, he was definitely very lion-like uh, in the past game, yeah. Yeah. And it's like in this, uh, he's... Yeah, I, I, nah, th- th- there, might be, there might be something to that. Because his hair does kind of fall into the same collective, like, volumetric shapes. So, I, yeah, I, I, I can kind of see that. I do, you know what I do feel from both uh, versions? Is there's a certain density that the Capcom sprite of Sabretooth had in X Men versus Street Fighter that uh, this is very alluring. Like you didn't want to like it's like you you couldn't stop looking at how cool that character looked, even if you didn't like Sabretooth as a character. Like if you were an X Men fan or whatever, when you saw that sprite, you were like, "Wow, Sabretooth looks really cool." Yeah. <laughs> like, um, and his presence. Uh, is just interesting in this game because there's something in this game that they actually uh, took from Exerd um, and they show it in the trailer. Now, I don't know how it works in this game, obviously, because, you know, he's not out yet. But uh, in Exerd, if you held... God, what button was it? I'm trying to think. Is it, like, uh, the dust button? or I think there's a button that you hold uh, right when the match is over when it says slash um that prank with the chair that you see that actually happens in exert with him <laughs> where his guard will come out and like he'll 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 like really like defiantly like slam the chair down but then slide it back <laughs> so that he falls down like that's something that's been in existence for a while um but i don't think a lot of people knew to do it like but like <laughs> the fact that they put that in the trailer was pretty neat like that actually you could prank your too. own character. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. It's, it's, again, I mean, it's just like a testament to making these characters like 
for as fantastical as they are, it's like you you, you believe that their existence within this world. What is his backstory? I mean, clearly he's like a, a king or royalty or something, right? He's one of uh, he, he's he is a king. He's one of the there's multiple kings in the universe uh, of Exerd. Uh, so just like Kai, he's a king. Uh, I think there's three kings in there in what is currently like is modern day Europe. I think is the story, um, which is why he always has guards and everything like that. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know much about his personal stake in the uh, in the fight, uh, other than I guess like you know saving the world, right? But but yeah, yeah. Both, both he is definitely a king. Yeah, I but I, I like that um, he doesn't have like a typical regal. Uh, personality necessarily um he seems like he's, he almost he's comes beloved. like an anime dad <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah 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 there's something like um supportive about him it's he seems happy he doesn't seem stuffy the fact that his that his his guys can prank him they're not afraid of like being executed for pranking him exactly it's <laughs> i mean it's it's uh it's interesting. I mean, I think the one thing I do remember is that I think he's trying to create like his own not his own language. I think it's like like his own dictionary because if you oh, notice okay. like in the trailer he's like writing Yeah, he's always writing like, like feverishly, you know. Um I think he's trying to create his own dictionary and, you know, of course because he's so prideful, uh he's trying to rewrite dandyism into the definition of his name. Hmm. Like that 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 Leo White Fang is dandyism, uh, and if you look at I mean if you look at the elements of his style right like if you were to con- turn that into like a contemporary uh, outfit that someone could wear pr- in terms of practicality sake it, you know it wouldn't have the same dynamism but it kind of does fit within the aesthetic of what dandyism is. What what so... is dandyism for for our uh, listeners? <laughs> well, <for> me. I mean, <laughs> I need a refresher. <laughs> Well, it's it, it is it's a particular type of um, fashion that historically puts like basically it's like suits throughout time that put emphasis on uh, physical appearance and embody like a refined language. Uh, it's sort of like an aesthetic of like you are a cool, distinguished gentleman. Okay, like you are you like when people see you, it's like you dress nice. You have you're well off. Um, you're uh, educated, you are, you have specific hobbies that you do that people, when they look at you, they, they feel a particular way, like, oh, you're a man of culture, or a man that is uh, embodiment of, of, of conduct uh, in a way that shows, hey, you are to be paid attention to. Um, ah. Yeah, it's like a literary so- artistic style that came from like the latter part of like 19th century. I didn't know. It's, I I always thought it was sort of just like a you know like a slang term, and uh, I guess it well, I mean, took on a negative become, yeah, connotation yeah. in in modern times. I didn't realize it was like a movement about like being a a, a refined uh, man of culture. You know, yeah, being, being I mean, some, some yeah, <laughs> fighting I mean, some with dignity. Some people say it's like. Yeah, yeah, it's like exactly like Dudley is like dandy in his own right, um, you know. But uh, but yeah, like I could see him coming off that way. Like you could yeah. literally take his design and like streamline it for. I mean, shit, you could probably get away with this in 2020 for it to look this good, you know? Yeah, like I'd buy that fucking jacket. <laughs> <laughs> like, so I, um, amazing. 
Yeah. Okay. I'm I'm looking up dandyism now. Uh, so it, it's saying it, it originated in uh, late 18th century Britain, and I, I just got the the feeling looking at Leo's outfit in this game. It just somehow felt really British to me. I, I'm not a fashion expert, though. It, but, uh, I think it has to do with the, especially in this game, the the leather jacket, um, the like the the really, um, the the kind of the the large like cloth collar is, is a very british style um even like the uh the vest he's wearing underneath it has a lot of uh british elements uh so it, it definitely feels uh very british in a number of ways so i think that's probably accurate okay because I, I know the the original uh, leo white fang design from exert is um it has like a little bit of that but it, it's yeah, it feels very uh anime very like uh you know anime guilty gear kind of like Kazushi Hagiwara bastard kind of design. Uh, I, I think this, the change of of Leo Whitefang in this game is very similar to the design change of Kai's design. Uh, both mm. of them are are kind of like these uh, have a lot of kind of Crusader like Holy Knight imagery. Yeah, obviously he literally uses two cross swords. Yeah, uh, this is uh, and he and, and the other you know in uh, Exerd he has a lot more like buckles. He has like a full uh, overcoat robe. Um, he has, you know, a lot more uh, hair. But yeah, his hair is much longer. longer. Yeah, yeah. So this is definitely a modernization in the same way, uh, which I really like. I think they did a fantastic job. It feels, it feels more mature. Uh, yeah, kind of like what mm -hmm. we were talking about with Kai. It feels more confident. You know, um, you, you you brought up anime again. Um, one of the things that I've always felt about uh, Leo that I don't hear many people talk about is that I feel like, in a way, uh, his, his, his weapons are a nod to uh, Yasuhiro Naitao. Yeah. Um, oh, and yeah. I feel like he's, he's using like, things that are similar to Cerebus and Righthead, uh, the guns that uh, Beyond the Grave uses, Brandon, or Brandon, he uses in Gungrave. Uh, I feel like every time I see it, like, even though the colors are not the same, just the, the shapes, like... Dude. Uh, he has a certain presence when he's using that it reminds me of Gungrave so much. And that's like a underrated anime that a lot of people won't talk about anymore. And uh, I think it's neat to see something that silently kind of like, you know, is an homage potentially to like that series in a game oh, totally. to this caliber. Like, you know, so I can't help. And I feel for some reason it feels more prominent in this game just because like, the game just looks so much better. <laughs> like, I, it's hard, it's scary to say that. It's like, I look so much better than Exerd, but it's like, oh my God, like it does though. <laughs> it really does. It looks so yeah. much better than Exerd. And it's just like, there's certain things you're able to uh, visually like absorb and digest more in this game than you would like um, Exerd. And this isn't to discredit Exerd because Exerd is a beautiful game. It's just that uh, Exerd is like the TV series and Strive is the movie. Yeah, you know, it, like it was just everything is just you know up so much of a notch. Um, and I mean, I didn't play Leo too much. Like I kind of like messed around with this character in Exerd, but like seeing him in Strive does make me uh, a bit more curious about what he's able to do. Um, like he just and he just looks fun. He's just so cool to look at. Um, yeah, you know, he has a lot of moves where he turns his back as well. I think I think I think Ishiwatari knows like how to make people look cool and menacing. <laughs> like, yeah, I think I, I think, think he, he understands some counter. I think he has some some counter moves as well. Uh, that it does I think seem like that. Yeah, 
like I think I mentioned it in previous podcasts that um, he's a much slower feeling character, but it all he also feels more powerful uh, because like a lot of his moves are actually uh, I play actually a lot of play play a lot of Leo in <laughs> exert. Um, he he does a lot of things that actually uh, are are shield or counter related. Um, so you have to take a lot more intention with some of his combos. Uh, I was mentioning before the the podcasts uh, that I was looking at. I was watching some uh, some really good videos. It's um, there are some pro players that can just do some disgusting stuff with Leo and Exerd. Oh man! Um, so Leo's move set, I, I, I recall in Exerd, he he's able to like generate these giant like metallic maybe like gold looking projectiles right yep that's that's visible in uh in strive as well yeah yeah so in exert like he would just fling these giant like metal objects at you and um if they, they feel very heavy uh, yeah it's very cool effect and then in in uh, strive i feel like they 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 treat it more subtly and it's even cooler because like um in exert you you would just have this massive object hurtling at you the screen filling object right and whereas in in uh strive he's sort of like generating them out of the air so it's not um there's the you kind of ease into it w one thing i think is super cool is um his uh you'll notice his um his slash frames like the smears you know the the blurs the effects right when he slashes they, there's like an arc they turn solid like they turn into those metallic objects that he's generating so um it, it's a really cool effect like I, I i don't think i've seen that before to turn the vfx animation suddenly into a solid object that has presence in the gameplay um no it's so cool. The, the way that you use uh, those objects, at least in Exert, reminds me a lot of how um, <laughs> many people that have beat me very badly use uh, Urian in Third Strike. Mm -hmm. <laughs> some, yeah. some of those people here on the podcast. I mean, I don't know who you could be talking yes. about. I, I have no idea at all. I, I'm clueless. You got me. You got me there, Sean. I don't know. Like, there's only one person that knows how to charge partition on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, I dabble. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. But no, that's a good point, though. Like, it, it does, there's a certain sense of placement that you do feel uh, with them. Uh, and, I, and, and there's something about that that makes that more believable visually. Uh, I just feel like everything is so... This is this is a visually hardy game. Yeah. Uh and and that is something that it just like like it happens so fast, right? Like when you see like the particle effects and stuff. But mm -hmm. I it, it's but it it serves a purpose of like uh I guess visual like inclusion like like cuz even when you're looking at um his uh like the 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 last bit of the trailer for him and you're you're looking at the blades like whirring. There's there's a there's a certain uh, dimensionality to. I mean, it's a good shot choice, obviously, but like the execution of the animation, like you just you feel the weight of the blades before the the camera does a zoom in on uh, his face. Like you really feel that 
Um, and it has something a lot to do with their approach with how they're creating these 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 assets to just really pull you in. Because I did not feel this in Exerd. This is a very particular feeling. It's it's a lot more vis visceral, I would say, yeah. than Exerd. Yeah. It's like like everything just it just feels that much more inclusive, yeah, and visceral. Uh, so, ah, oh, man, it's like like I I I want to play the anime dad. I don't I don't think he's a dad in this game, but he just has that that he's like he's it's, it's like if Ishiwatari was like, hey guys, uh, I'm I'm doing uh, clothing for LL Bean now, um, <laughs> and Leo is the <laughs> the the mascot. It's just yeah. Like, it's like, well, I mean, if there's anywhere to put coin now, I mean, if Ishiwatari is doing uh, clothing, I would, I would definitely do it. Because I mean, it just, it's just something about the presence of this character and the shapes that he makes with these, with the clothes that he has. It's just, it's so good. Do you, do you think is he, is he officially the character designer on this game? I mean, he he always has I, been on Guilty. He Gear. always has been. I don't know if he has like a, a team that like I collectively I feel like he. Uh, he has a big hand, and I'd be surprised yeah. if he didn't, um, yeah, because yeah. these because these designs they're definitely Ishibatari, like without yeah. being like super like you know full of clutter, like but the the elements that he would put, like it seems like this is something that he would do. So, uh, you know, I would assume that he is, and I mean, if he has an assistant or something, or there's someone else on the, you know, on the hel at the helm of it, it's like, man, you are doing Ishiwatari a great service because you are embodying like what I feel like this guy thinks all the time. Yeah, like, I, I wonder if he hired like actual fashion designers or a fashion consultant or something, just because the the clothing in it is just so convincing. Yeah, like the, there's there's so much craft and execution here that like. Yeah. It's it's undeniable that maybe you know he sought some sort of consultation of some sort, or maybe he just you know he has friends like, hey, look at this, and they're like, yeah, 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 yeah. This is you, and it works. Yeah. Like, <laughs> you know, like, maybe it's just him cutting works. loose. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, uh, man, just like every every everything about these two characters is is incredibly. Uh, alluring and you it just makes you want everything about them like like if there are figures that come out from this like i would want these two characters actually i'd want all of them but uh you know like it's like because i always fight with that like because i wanted to buy jacko i wanted to buy like characters from exert and i was like man i don't want to develop this crazy habit now i have a museum in my apartment yeah. but like when you see these models it's just like man like I would love to have something like that tangible just just to be able to have it, you know, because there's just such intricate designs and like, I mean, usually I can't forget what company does the ones for Stride, uh, not Stride, but Exerd, but they do a fantastic job like replicating uh, the designs of the game. So I'm pretty sure that, you know, on some sort of rollout, they probably do have some figures like lined up at some point and I would be one of the first to like grab them. I hope they make some uh, Revel Techs or Figmas. That that would be oh, awesome. That would be, that would be so good. Yeah. But that means that means Biken has to. <laughs> I need. I need. I need. Yeah. I need. I need Biken. Oh, sure. <laughs> oh man. 
I, I, I just just want to talk about the uh, VFX on Leo's moves a little more. Just that whole turning turning the the smear into a solid gold object. It's it looks awesome. It fits his gameplay. It it makes him very visually distinct, and it also gets across. You know, this is like a regal guy. He's he's, he's mm-hmm. wealthy, right? He's a king. He got the gold, and then. Um, it burns up as it disappears. And in fact, uh, I, I don't know if this is intentional, but it, it reminds me of um, in, in uh, Sinospheric cultures, in Chinese cultures, uh, y- you burn effigy money uh, for your ancestors. I actually did that today. It was a holiday. Oh, wow. Yeah, and um, th- this is exactly how, like, you know, you, you'll get, like, you'll fold some gold ingots and then uh, burn it, and it, this is exactly how it looks when it burns up. Like oh exactly. wow, so it's like very slow procedural sort of like yeah, like oh that's awesome. Y- you see the um, fire spread in a clear line, um, you know, it, a clear line just enveloping it, and then and then it turns black. It's uh, I I don't think they do this in Japan. I I don't think they have that. Uh, they, they 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 have a lot of Confucian practices, but I don't think they do the effigy money. I could be wrong, mm. uh, but but it's very common throughout Asia, and uh, I wonder if they studied that for the effect. I mean, it's 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 possible. Like I I feel like that that wouldn't be uh, far fetched at all. Um, and yeah. for for you to like, I mean, you did that today, and then you're looking at this. It's like, hey, wait, like yeah, you know, like. Just, uh, <laughs> I only just noticed it now. It's just like a weird coincidence. Yeah, yeah. we 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 all learn things when we're today years old. Like, yeah, it's <laughs> that's. I mean, <laughs> the, the the one thing that I will say that I like about this, and this you know, kind of plays into something that I feel is uh, a huge aspect to the design philosophy of this game, uh, is visual clarity. Yes, uh, letting letting players know what they're looking at and what they're seeing and what it is that needs to have their attention um in a way it's sort of like uh it's like pausing like the representation of a hitbox like on screen of of an attack and it's like it in a way it kind of helps you register in your brain like okay this attack coming from him takes up this much space and like how far or close their attacks might be. Because um, when I'm looking at it, I'm like, man, that really is... Ve- it's very clear how much space these attacks take up. Like, it's not just that this looks cool, but it's also, like, helping players understand, okay, this this is the space that this move takes up. This is what I need to be, like, conscious of. You know, like that—that that is something that I feel uh, this approach to making the effect work the way that it does. So, shout outs to them for making for things to be visually like giving visual clarity, but also still making them look ridiculously cool where you don't even understand how they did it. Yeah, <laughs> it's like, like my God, this game is already worth the money. And it's not even done. Any any other thoughts on uh, Leo? Um. I think collectively, like I think he represents uh, just the, the the new direction that Guilty Gear uh, is going in. I think that um, in terms of his visual like evolution, uh, 
it it just goes to show just how much dedication they're putting into these characters even characters that you know, some could say that they like but maybe aren't as popular as some of the other characters in exerd uh but for him to have uh that very uh deliberate treatment of like nah man you are a special character just like everyone else in this game is like special in their own way uh it just goes to show that like when they want a character to translate into strive um regardless of all the hard work that it takes that we don't see it will come off as effortless with every single character um you know and and this only makes me more excited for what else they are working on that we haven't even seen yes uh like and i mean you know this isn't a shot at any other fighting game because i think that companies are doing their best right now to uh create content and develop content but there is a particular feeling and an experience i have when arxis makes an announcement uh there's a certain uh level of excitement that i have that's a little bit different than when another company might make a similar announcement which it doesn't take anything away from it necessarily it's just when arxis has an announcement it's like oh my god what are they going to show like how cool is it going to look like oh my god like what, you know and all these things start rushing through your head you're like oh man it's going to be like this game is it going to be this game from this company and you know you're just like oh man i don't know what it is and it's like even if it's not those things you're super excited about what they present um and there's a certain energy that comes from that and every time i see that new arxis logo uh as much as it reminds me of like some sort of unused garnier like ad uh <laughs> It, it makes me happy. I'm just like, oh my god, Like I can't wait to see what you guys do. Because that, that explosion of color just makes me think like Garnier Fructis uh, <laughs> accent core. Like, that's what it makes me think like, every time I see right. it. Uh, but like, there's a certain type of excitement that you feel. Um, and I'm here for it. They have announcements for, for October. Like, I'm, I'm ready. Like, uh. I you know like i'm like dude like what what else are they doing like oh my god you know just like that's what comes with it so uh if if leo was any indication if nagoto yuki is any indication it's like i'm going to flip out the same way for whatever else they have i mean do i want it to be biking yes but like if it's not like i'll be just as excited it won't even matter even if she's not even in this game i'll still be excited i don't yeah. think she's not in the game but i mean you know <laughs> I would be excited nonetheless but I'm also excited for Nagoto Yuki uh, there's a lot of things I love about this character um, in terms of just the visual presence um, the references that this character has uh, you know and I'm excited to see um, a black man portrayed in this particular way within the Guilty Gear series and I'm, I'm, I'm curious to see uh, what happens in the story and I'm also excited about all the potential cosplay I want to see like how far people take uh this design in terms of making this like a reality um I, I think it's an exciting time for for this type of character so I'm I'm, I'm all for it I'm probably going to be a main for Nagato Yuki not even gonna lie exciting yeah I, I feel like a kid again whenever yeah whenever we talk about this game and whenever they <laughs> unveil like new characters yeah it's like Christmas every time there's a new announcement I mean, just just think about it. Like, pretty good chance that um, Johnny's going to be in the game, right? <laughs> oh God! Oh, oh my man. God! Like, how are I, they going to redesign like him? It's it's like 
it's like when you see like fangirls screaming at a concert i feel like that's how i feel in my heart <laughs> if if johnny's gonna be in this game like because i lost my shit when i saw Nagra yuki the first time yeah. and i was like oh my god but like if johnny's in here too like it's just man the I mean, sky the sky's the limit well, they've only announced, uh, what, 12 characters right now? And Guilty Gear yep. Captain is not known for being small. Nope. 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 I think they're probably going to cap it at, like, maybe, like, 14 or 16 for initial release. Probably. And I would then, guess 16, yeah. Yeah. And then, like, more characters will come, you know, through, like, some sort of season package or maybe an isolated package where you just buy them like individually. But I feel like like 16 is probably like what they're going to They announce the new character more or less every month up until when they're, they, they move the announcement date that would get us to about 14 or 16 characters. Probably 16. Yeah. 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 So, I mean, I feel like that's like a, like that, that would be the plan that would be the easiest to follow. It makes the most sense. So, you know, but I, I am highly excited for this game. Um, I'm excited for how much they've changed it. Like, and I'm grateful that I was able to play the beta and have a lot of fun with that. But, like, I, I'm very curious as to uh, what they have changed. So I'm, I'm, I'm excited. You know, a, a fun exercise would be to um, try to guess how the characters will be redesigned. Because we, we have enough examples now, right? Like, uh, oh, I, I feel man. like it's been such a learning opportunity to, to study the, you know, the changes uh, from game to game. Yeah, I mean, it's, I don't know. I mean, you you can do that. I mean, there were some surprises in the beta, <laughs> for sure. Um, you know, I mean, the fact that Gatling was removed, you know, that kind of made you mm-hmm. feel a little awkward about, like, how you uh, play. But it did make you focus more on, like, spacing and zoning a bit more. Yeah. Um, oh, I, mean, I, I, I meant, like, visually. <laughs> I, oh. I meant just the character design. Ah. Like, I, I would love to see, like, you know, how do you think Johnny could be redesigned, oh, right? Man. That'd be, like, a really fun exercise. I don't even know, like, cause, because the thing is, is, like, there's so many things that within the story we don't know that they're trying to, like, yeah. imply. Because, I mean, May looks completely different. <laughs> like, right? uh, Faust is a Koike design or a Dead yeah. Leaves design. Like, I wasn't expecting that. Like, you know, he went from, like, evil Seishiro from X to a, a, a Koike or a Dead Leaves design. I was yeah. not expecting that. And, um, yet, and yet you can still tell that's him. It's, it, yep. that, that's the magic of what they're doing. Like, it's still so yeah. authentically that character, even though it's, like, so different. So different. You know? I mean, shit, they could give Johnny guns. I don't know. Like, it's... Oh, God. <laughs> Like it's like like they could turn him into Dirty Harry, and I would be okay with that. Like I don't yeah. even know. It's like because it's Ishiwatari. Like he makes lobster peanut butter sandwiches. I don't. <laughs> it's like we don't know what he would put together. You yeah. know, like like it's it's like, and there's all there's almost like a sense of excitement about that because you don't know what he's cooking metaphorically. Like we, we don't like we don't know because he makes up stuff that doesn't normally makes sense when it comes from someone else but you know he has a certain type of confidence in his work that like you know he can bring something to the table that is like so fresh and new that it's like i don't know if i can think on that wavelength like i <laughs> like like 
Ishiba's hotties on the, like I said, his beer is different, man. His beer is different. Like, like you know, but but again, that makes for exciting reveals. Like yeah. those seconds before you see the logo, the like first few seconds of a trailer, like there's a certain sort of like adrenaline that kind of like pumps through. You're like, oh my gosh, like what do you need to do? Um, I mean, like I said, he could very well give Johnny guns and make him a completely different character. Uh, he could. It's like I, I don't know, man. Ishiwatari walks a different path, man. Like he is on a whole other level. Where trying to predict what he could do, like I feel like it would fry most people's brain. <laughs> Like, yeah. like, yeah, like, I'm just excited for whatever he has, man. Yeah. Like, like, if that guy took over Street Fighter, like, I don't even know if the world would be ready for, like, what anybody would look like. <laughs> like, like, Dan could become a Gurren Lagan character. Like, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it's, you know, like, Dan's using Psyche OU to pierce the heavens. Like, I don't, it's, <laughs> like, it could be anything. It could be anything, man. Like, and and I I feel like I don't want to fry my own brain trying to figure out the insanity of this wonderful man. Like, I think it's a useful uh, exercise just to apply to like our own work, though, right? Because that is true, though. You know, you get a block, and then you just think like, what what would Jesus do, right? <laughs> it's funny you 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 bring up this this exercise though, because I. I... <laughs> I, I, I had an interesting uh, I think I mentioned to you guys like I'm I'm trying this whole like new skincare thing out and I've been doing all this research whatever and uh, you know in, in doing all of this like I, I started to think up a character that basically like is obsessed with skincare <laughs> and like <laughs> the ideas that I'm having in terms of like how they approach fighting or like how they approach anything Dude. is like based on like philosophies of like skincare and like I'm having so much fun, like. Oh my gosh, dude! Yeah, that's that's great. I would have never thought of that. That that is a uh, ripe with potential. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. it's like the the idea of like you know it's almost like Ishiwatari. It's like an Ishiwatari principle, like <laughs> like something about the way that he takes normal mundane things and like sort of layers them, like the lasagna that he makes. I guess it's like you. You get surprised by the shit that works, yeah. You know, so it, it kind of inspires you to sort of look at as a creator, um, you know, life a little bit differently. Things that we normally take for granted that are not necessarily fantastical probably can be fantastical if uh, we look at them in a different way or we have a particular narrative that hasn't been used before. So that is one thing that Ichiwatari's work definitely does for me is to like. Uh, it does encourage you to not just be yourself as a creator, but like just to really see how much is really out here and how we view things and how much we can like really draw from our imagination to take things that are typically boring and really breathe life into them. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. So like, I mean, as far as I can tell, I mean, Hey, Johnny could be dirty, Harry and strive. Like, <laughs> I like now I, I'm probably not going to be happy unless he's in the game. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, he has it's to be. That's the reason that I feel like I need to have a sword fight. <laughs> yeah, no, it's just like, it, it's, it's almost like the foundation is already there. And we're just waiting for, you know, 
to hear his voice like in game, you know, or to see the glimmer of his glasses shine across the screen and then soon it's like because you wouldn't even have to show Johnny right away. You could literally just show his shades on the ground or something. Yeah. <laughs> and it would be enough and be like, oh my God. Or his shoes. Because I would be the type of person to recognize the shoes and be like, holy shit, that's Johnny. Yeah. Okay. Well, I, I doubt that they, they thought about it this way, but they just introduced two characters that are generally slower moving. I wonder if the next set of characters are going to be much faster. Hmm. That's possible. Because um, right now, as it stands, I think, what, Chip is probably, at least initially, like, design-wise, Chip is probably one of the fastest within the cemented roster already. Yeah. So, like, it's possible that they could be introducing, like, Jam or somebody, like, on that level. Because I think, I mean, I feel like the returning cast is going to be a lot of the original characters. And then For there's sure, going to be yeah. newer ones, like, peppered in. But, like, because they just introduced Nagoriyuki, which was, everybody was waiting for that. Yeah. Um, you know, Leo's a returning sort, sort of legacy character at this point. Um, you know, so I, I feel mean, like... He's an excerpt, though. I mean, he's definitely not an original character. I mean, well, he's, he's... not original. Yeah, that's true. He's exerted. Like, he's, he's, he's new and he's newish. So we might see, like, an older character in the trailers. Um... We might we might see Jam. Uh, I mean, at this point, I feel like a lot of the returning characters, if they're not dead, like will probably like show up. I'm not sure if Anji is still alive or anything. Like, I don't know if like yeah, he didn't. That make would be kind of cool. Exerd. I don't I don't think he made it into Exerd. So I mean, hey, he could be. You never know. I mean, I, I kind of liked Anji. I thought he had a cool playstyle. Um, yeah. You know, like that would be somebody that would I think translate in an interesting way potentially and uh strive like he's because he to me i don't think there was a, a play style like his until he showed up in guilty gear um and he's yeah, pretty neat so original right like the, just the weird yeah. bouncing attacks like you, you block it and then something else like yeah 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 like he um you know he would be an interesting addition to uh strive i i i feel yeah. Um, so, you know, who knows, you know, like I, well, uh, here's an exciting thought. I mean, maybe there's at least one more totally original character, right? That would be cool. I oh would be gosh. completely okay with that. Like, yeah, I mean, the problem. I'll, all I know is I want to see the animations of Bedman in Strive <laughs> just for visual purpose. I just want to see how ridiculous they make Bedman. Oh my if gosh. they put him in strive, because he is a visual like masterpiece and exert. Yeah, just just staring at idle animations like just, you know, I mean, who would have thought that Bedman could have been a fighting game character? Like, who would have thought? So, yeah, yeah. Uh, I'd enjoy seeing like uh, I know where Abba as well. Oh yeah. Oh, dude, Abba in this game. Man, they better do something about the damage, though, because as it stands right now in the current engine, Abba would be killing people with, like, four hits. <laughs> like, Abba That's would true. be killing people. Like, she would be, like, microwave victory, dude. Like, she would be, like, <laughs> just, like, like, who won the tournament again? Another Abba player. Oh, okay. <laughs> like, 
Like she hits hella hard. So, but yeah. I would love to see her design though. Like in, um, in Strive though. Like that would make me super happy. But then again, I mean, I would want a Marvel versus Capcom game done in that. But that's another story. It's a whole mm-hmm. other, other thing. Uh, but here's quite a few games too, right? Mm-hmm. Could be could be possible. Yeah, that's true. I mean, it's a crazy world right now. I mean, like I said, that roundtable discussion that happened recently, like, you know, everybody was coming together and it's like, who knows what else has been talked about that we don't have any sort of evidence of. Like, who knows? Who knows who could be in Strive at this point? Like, all I know is that October needs to hurry up and get here. <laughs> Oh man! Um, all right. Any any last thoughts on on uh, the the character reveals of Leo and uh, Nagari Yuki? I just I wanted to mention that uh, I, I just really appreciate how much even even after something like Exerd, how much more effort goes in. I, I wanted to we we mentioned it way earlier, but I wanted to point out because I was watching again. Even the inclusion of Leo's prank, it's actually way more animated than it is in Exerd. Like. Uh, the next turn, he just kind of falls over. Where in this one, like, he falls back, misses the chair, he stumbles, the guard trips, and then, like, he trips over his foot off of the screen. Mm-hmm. And I was looking at just, like, just that alone, I was like, wow, they put so much more effort into just, a, a, you know, what is effectively an Easter egg. And I don't know. Uh, I'm just uh, so excited because, like, every, like, they're clearly putting so much effort into this game, like, doing everything really, really, really well. So... But I, 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 I wanted to mention that as just an example of they're even willing to put like insane amounts of work and polish into something that people wouldn't even get, you know, or they, they may not yeah. notice. Yeah, like which, again, I mean, we've, we've only seen but so much of this game. It's like what's 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 beautifully scary about it is that there's so much more of that. Like, yeah. like it doesn't end with like Leo, you know, like. Because we don't even know the full roster, and there's so much lore, there's so many like little Easter eggs that each character that already exists in Guilty Gear has, let alone like new designs and new characters that are going to be a part of the story. Um, and that to me is like a that's a really exciting thing, like not just from like uh, a competitive aspect, but just a visual experience and just like. This, just the characters in the story and the world building that comes with Guilty Gear, like, um, like it just makes me that much more excited about it. Yeah. Oh man, I, I I'm so so excited for October. <laughs> Look forward to uh, gushing about whatever they unveil next with you guys. Yeah. It's like you know we get to see that Garnier Fructi Saxon core logo again. It's like. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> all right let's uh close stuff out yeah are we all yeah. good yeah yep. okay so that this wraps up uh art eater podcast number 20 um so thank you uh if, thanks to all our listeners uh it's been super fun uh getting together with my old buddies every week um yeah just talking about stuff we're passionate about uh, if you are enjoying this podcast, uh, please follow us for updates on Twitter at Art Eater Podcast. Um, that's where we regularly post updates. And of course, please subscribe wherever you're listening to us. Uh, you know, uh, we're on Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, Overcast, Libsyn, 
uh, let us know if there's some other platform that we might have missed that you, you think we should be on. Um, yeah, and let us know on Twitter, at Art Eater Podcast. Uh, so I'm your host, Richmond Lee. You can also follow me on Twitter at Richmond, R-I-C-H-M-O-N-D underscore L-E-E. Um, and and uh, yeah, you could also uh, follow Sean and James, please. Uh, why, why don't you guys do uh, talk talk a bit about um, you know what 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 you're up to? Okay. Uh, well, I am actually a comic book artist and writer. I self-publish my own comic called Part Time Shuffle. Uh, it is basically a love letter to so many things that I like. Uh, enveloped around a story about pursuing financial freedom through becoming a part-time assassin. Mm -hmm. um, I post updates regularly on Twitter uh, in terms of what I'm working on, whether it's comics, uh, animation, <laughs> and other things that uh, I've kind of alluded to but not officially said anything about. And you will see that. It's, it's something that we've been talking about today, so that might give a bit of a indication or a clue as to what else I'm working on. But uh, I update regularly. Um, I basically spitball about a lot of things that I love, and uh, I post my own production, uh, you know, throughout the day, throughout the week. But you can reach me on Twitter at beefy underscore kunoichi. Um, you know, so if you like hearing me spitball about things uh, with audio, uh, you can enjoy the way that I use these words in text and enjoy the art that I post. Yeah, please, cool. please uh, give James a follow. He's so much fun. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> uh, you can follow me at uh, at Daborsk, D-A-B-O-R-S-K. Um, I, uh, if y'all have been following the podcast, uh, I used to uh, work for about five years at, at Blizzard Entertainment. Uh, I no longer work there. I am uh, now the VP of design at NZXT, which is a gaming PC company. So uh, check us out. Uh, if you follow me personally, uh, I've started writing a lot more uh, articles on uh, game design, just something that uh, obviously I'm very passionate about. Uh, they're just like our podcast; they're very long articles. Uh, uh, generally speaking, uh, uh, I'll try to post them on the Art Eater uh, website, which is awesome. But I also have a new blog, uh, CoffeeForBreakfast.co, uh, that you can follow. Uh, it's only got like one or two articles, but I'm going to be trying to get one or one out every week. Uh, it'll probably be every other one that uh, you know, so we don't. You don't blow up Artie with too many articles, so everyone has time to read. Oh, no, but that's always that's, welcome. <laughs> so that's generally what I'll I'll be doing. But uh, of course, you can uh, you can you can follow me there, and I'll I'll I also have a, a Twitter that'll be uh, coffee for breakfast as well. But I'll I'll post that. So yep, that's me. Nice, thanks, Sean. Oh, and Sean is the editor for uh, the Art Eater podcast and the uh, original uh, designer of the uh, the the first ArtEater.com uh, website, and he's just. Yeah, yeah, we we all work together on Art Eater, uh, which is uh, you can go to www.art-eater.com uh, to to follow along there too. Uh, that's where we post our uh, articles. All right, okay, thanks guys. Uh, so that that wraps up podcast number twenty. Um, yeah, thanks for listening, and uh, John, James, thanks for thanks for oh, of course you know, hanging out. <laughs> yeah, man, it's always a pleasure. Absolutely. Later. All right. Have a good one. All right. Take care, guys.